Ready. Ready. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 44 of Death Readers. This is the podcast where we read through the books of J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter series. This episode, we are in the middle of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. If this is your first time listening, this is my first time reading through these books. I have never read them before. Rob has read them many times. That's me. So when you listen, you're listening to my first impressions as we get through chapter by chapter. And uh, Rob's stellar guidance helping me get through being a, as Alfred Hitchcock would call me, a moron. <laughs> you are an Alfred Hitchcock moron. I'm a, I'm a Hitchcockian moron. You are a Hitchcockian would... moron. And I, I might be a Hitchcockian moron now. Oh, I've I've moronified you. You've 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 certainly infected me with moronanity, uh, Moranis. You've infected me with Rick Moranis. Him. I would not insult Rick Moranis in such a way. That explains my dark helmet. In this episode, we're going to be going through chapter twenty-eight and twenty-nine. We have started to encourage people if they'd like to to read along with us. So that might we think that'll help you uh, understand which points we're referencing when we go page by page with our notes. And might inspire you to not be so quick with the torches and pitchforks. Well, I don't honestly think people... Listen, here's what I've come to terms with. Okay. People aren't listening. <laughs> so if people aren't listening, they can't uh, galvanize in mobs against us. This is probably true. So we can say anything we want, be as wrong, as offensive, as despicable as we'd like. Or may just be. And... <laughs> May have we may we could be as despicable as we have no control over. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more like. <laughs> and and, uh, and 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 say whatever we want. So, um, did you have any housekeeping? Uh, no, I don't think I had any housekeeping. Then, without any further delay, I say we get into chapter twenty-eight. Snape's worst memory. My first page note is six twenty-nine. Okay. All right. Uh, so six twenty-nine. Uh, Filch should be in prison. He should he should be locked away and kept very far away from children. But because of his glee, yes, at getting the whipping forms. Yep. Well, but if it's sanctioned, he's not done anything. No, untoward. It, you can't you can't jail someone for their desires. No, it makes it sound like he lobbied for these changes. Even specifically for them, and he didn't. If he didn't enact them, he's not done anything illegal. That's. I'm sorry. We are not going to put a man on trial for his thoughts. So the thing, the, the, the thing is, it's not just thoughts; it's actions. Okay. He's, the lobbying is the action. He's taking action into lobbying Dolores to say, "Please make this the thing I'm allowed to do." Yeah, because it would be, and I think he has an ulterior motive besides just curbing bad behavior. Sure. Words. He want, He gets off at hurting children, much like Dolores. Does. I'm not advocating hurting children. Nor am I saying it's a good thing to get off on same. But none of those actions seem jail-worthy to me. If it's sanctioned, if it's legal, and if it's not, he's allowed to ask to be legal. Most people would be like, no, you're insane. But if he has an in with this psychopath, and she'll be like, yeah, okay. And he's like, yes. Sure. I, I think that the difference here comes from who's making the laws and are they reasonable, rational, insane? And the answer is no. Okay. So... <laughs> They the laws themselves then become suspect to validity, uh, and the people who enact them, albeit may just be doing their jobs, mm -hmm. are doing things that are crimes against humanity. Like and that's children. when you would get like a war tribunal afterwards yes. saying that this law was 
bad enough that you need to be punished yes. for it. And then, yes, at that point, Phillips could be put in jail for, quote unquote, just following orders. Right. And we also know that no one knows about the things that are happening in Hogwarts. That's true. Nobody, nobody outside really understands. N- none of the wizarding world knows how poorly these kids are being treated and how they're being tortured under ministry orders. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like if they did these, they might not be allowed to continue getting away with these things. So in that sense, yeah, he should be kept from children. He, uh, I don't give a fuck about how whimsical these books are. This is not, I, I just don't fucking care. Uh, this isn't fun. <laughs> it's fucked up. This idea of, of playfully uh, dancing around the idea of a teacher getting off, like getting... The overly excited mm-hmm. and jubilant at the idea of physically harming children uh, bothers me a lot. <laughs> it bothers me a lot because I, I just, again, it just keeps making me feel like we're, it's, it's just, it just is the fluctuation. It's the fluctuation between the fun and the terrifying mm-hmm. that feels so out of place. I heard a lot of horror stories about boarding schools, and I know it's a bigger thing in Britain. Yeah. Do you think that maybe these books are a reflection of just that kind of mindset? I have maybe to deal with horror every day, but in the meantime, when I'm with my friends, we're having a fun, whimsical time. Maybe it and is. And that's the back and forth. Maybe it is, and maybe that's why it's so much more relatable, or it's like it, it fits better maybe for people who've gone through that experience, and I, I have not. These, these are literally a manual on how to learn that British keep calm and carry on. Ugh, I don't like that. It feels like you should uh, get rowdy and fuck shit up. <laughs> well, that comes up. So yeah, good. Uh, faster. Yes, <laughs> fair enough. And and I, I'd like to think that these books might be I, I, again. They're, they're kind of you know pamphlets on that, but mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. Like you, hey kids, hey kids, <laughs> you don't have to eat that much shit. No. Like there's we don't need things... a Silmarillion yes. backstory before that happens. Right. There's there's. Definitely something to be said for learning how to behave properly, because mm-hmm. in my opinion, all humans start as awful. Sure. Um, and you have to beat the awful out of them, not physically, not literally, but like like you would a piece of iron, like yes. a sword. You have to, you know, temper it down yes. into being a, a... Work it into a piece of art. Yes. Or a, or a tool that can at least function. Um, minimally, let's all hope that we beat our children <laughs> like a sword. <laughs> Not a fleshy young thing that can't defend itself, but like a strong tool for uh, utter destruction. No, I was hoping maybe uh, maybe like maybe what if it's like a butter knife? <laughs> I've had some pretty nasty cuts from a butter knife. I use I use silverware pad badly, <laughs> poorly even. Yeah, <laughs> silverware and, and, wrong. and verbalware. Anyway, Phillips is not a good guy. Should not be around kids. I can definitely concede that point. I, and I think that the thing that really strikes me about it was that I, for a little while, I was hoping he was just this sad character that people should care about. Like, right, like people, he would have some sort of surprising. Oh, there's humanity in there. The sadness about him being a squib, like sure. that, felt like kind of powerful and like endearing. And then it's like, no, I want to, I want to hurt children. Right. <laughs> Please let me hurt the children. <laughs> right. I instead and, instead of using that as a stepping stone to the lesson of everybody has pain and everyone is a human. Right. And we, we can, right. if we work at it, we can relate to each other. Right. It's just, he's a fucking troll and wants to hurt people. Right. And I'm sure it's it's so much fun and it's so whimsical because he, this character, honestly, in this point, finally gets a little bit of time to shine right. in, and get a little attention. In, in, but even then, he's really still in the shadow of uh, Umbridge. Mm-hmm. But he is a, uh, 
I feel like in a different time, he'd just be a child murderer. Yeah. And that isn't something I, I just don't feel fun. It doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel fun in, in a way that feels like it fits these, this world. And it's just, it's so incongruous in that way that so many other things in these stories are. And it just, I want, I, I wish maybe, maybe it's just that I am a Hitchcockian moron mm-hmm. and there is just so much that I don't understand that is my fault. It's all it's all really my fault that I'm too stupid to just suck it up right. and relax. <laughs> I mean, why am I so uptight wondering why this school run by Albus Dumbledore, a character we're supposed to believe is altruistic and heroic and, and uh, you know, peak of idealism, uh, or the, ide- the ideal wizard right. uh, would also willfully and deliberately employ this person who's essentially a child torturer mm-hmm. a or, or a sadist. Like he's, he's the Marquis de Sade who washes your kids' toilets. Right. Like it's uh, a lot, lot of problems there. Yeah. Really bad idea. <laughs> Real bad idea. Um, so I don't, I don't like it. And I, I just, it just bothers me. It just structures, just structure, keeps striking me as like, damn, this is just fucked up. Like why don't people talk about these parts of these books? <laughs> like, Okay, let's put it this way. You you read like a Goosebump book. Sure. Horrible shit happens in Goosebumps books. But only horrible shit happens. There's a little bit of whimsy and like silliness, but like you're like, it, they're like one and done little like bizarre adventures. Sure. They're not like this world with this like. We don't have to further examine the consequences of what shit means. Right, because it happens. It's serialed. It's a one off. It's, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. It's We're not serialized. Back to this. Right, right. It's not like an anthology or a. Uh, you know, the, the saga that Harry Potter is. Right. So it just strikes me. We keep having these things pop up that feel like, just feel dirty. Just feel bad. I don't like it. I just don't like it. Now, I, I may have made a mistake. What page was that? That was 629. Yeah. My was first, my first note is 625. Then you should. Defend. So I'm going to do my first three notes and then we'll go back to that and do that all I'm over again. With this. Oh shit. Okay. Um, I enjoyed Umbridge getting locked out of the headmaster's office. Me too. Fun. Yep. Um, that was a fun little middle finger. Here's one. I penciled it in at the only place I could. I think it's a little early. It doesn't matter. It's one off. 627. Montague. Montague. In the vanishing cabinet. That doesn't quite work. Right. Why doesn't it really quite work? Oh, because uh, 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 Nick persuaded Peeves to smash it in the second book. Right. So we, where does it go? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. No, that's broken. Who knows where it could go? I don't know where it goes. Mm, where's the other one? I don't mm, know. It's all smashed. Maybe no. somebody put it back together. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Who would spend their time putting it back together? You're crazy. It's crazy talk. Hmm. Who would spend their time putting it back together? Uh, maybe. Maybe that British actress, Claire Foy. Mm. Just because it sounded like Mal- Malfoy. Oh, I was no, I'm not proud I was of it. Say, okay. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was saying Lucius. I was going to say maybe it's Lucius, maybe it's Peter. One of those two. Hmm. Either of them would have the time and the effort and energy. Maybe it was that was locked behind the door in the ministry in the basement. Oh no! Oh good. Oh, I think you're not going to like that. Oh great. <laughs> anyway, what's your next note? <laughs> Six twenty-six. Let's get into the prefect controversy. Holy cow! What's the prefect controversy? Ah, I am so glad that you asked what the prefect controversy... I lost my page. Is this the taking points away and stuff? Yes. This is a controversy? Oh, oh, oh. People care? Oh, 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 do they care? 
Well, I'm more shocked sense, by that. In the sense, yeah, I don't even know it's the controversy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they certainly care in the sense that it was brought up once the J.K. Rowling. Like, um, why did you have this discussion between the characters that prefects can't duck points when clearly in book one or two? I don't know. Percy Weasley clearly was able to dock points. Oh, okay. And she did something like Percy was wrong or these guys were wrong. And it doesn't matter. She no. Hitchcocky and answered it. It's it's I mean, look, if if the prefects can dock points, then this this being wrong is bullshit. Um because Ron avows that they can, Draco confirms that they can, and Ernie seconds it. He's like, that would undermine the entire prefect system. So now I'm thinking that she probably said Percy was wrong when he said, I'm going to dock your points. Or she told that person who asked the question that they were a moron. <laughs> That's probably true. You're really burnt by this Hitchcock thing. I am. <laughs> um, so anyways, that was I, I, I think I, I had more steam, and then I thought through it as I was reading it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and the wind kind of left my sails. And then you sunk into the sea of despair. Well, I mean, the boat still sound. The Harry Potter boat still sound. I'm not taking on water, man. Not more than I can bail out. It's fine. It's what fine. If, I can if, bail it out. What if when you lost steam, it mm-hmm. was because there was a fire burning beneath you on the boat? No, no. And it went out as the water from no. the bottom of the that sea that the boat was floating on no. hit the water that was burning through the hull. No, we're putting good. it out. We're good. When you it's lost, fine. And, then, and then you're actually just we're sinking. not lower. That's good. We're not go, lower. We're in the water. We're we're, we're still buoyant. Um, Sounds to me like you're you're gonna be hanging out with the mer people, sleeping with the mer folk. Yeah, I am. No, not like that. Like a mobster. Like you're dead. Not like you're having oh. sex with mer people. Good. Sex with mer people. What's wrong with you? Six thirty four. Six thirty one. Nothing. Oh, I thought you I thought you were done. No, I was done. Oh, okay. With that six twenty six twenty nine story. Okay. Um, six thirty one. Oh, uh, I thought it was a cool scene. I like the scene where. Umbridge tries to trick Harry into drinking something with Veritaserum in it, but she doesn't clarify that that's what she's doing. She, she doesn't. I like that she at no point clarifies. Umbridge secretly palms some Veritaserum right. in here. She doesn't say that's what happened, but her actions and her behavior are not the kind of like. As soon as he drinks or pretends to drink, she doesn't like do the thing where she. It's not like she's casually asking questions. She goes straight into like interrogation mode. Yeah, yes. It's like straight into, I want to get to the bottom of this and I'm going right. to ask you direct questions and you're going to answer them truthfully because you're poisoned, essentially. Right. And uh, I, I felt like she did a really good job of conveying that in the writing. Mm-hmm. And I uh, thought that was well done and enjoyed it. Absolutely. I also enjoyed how much, how obvious umbrage was and how bad she was at being sneaky yeah because yeah. i've known people like, i've been like that i'm sure at times but it's 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 fun to see i i like how kind of terrifying she is but also how a little oafish she is mm-hmm. it's an interesting like balance. well i mean it it's interesting but it's also realistic to have an oaf in power and uh relatable yeah it's 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 just relatable uh I have another 631. Okay. Why would she mention that little bit about the flute network covering all flies, fireplaces but her own? Sounds like foreshadowing. I just have that note. Just, well, I, mean, I just put it there to make sure that I knew I was going to sound smart later. I like, mean, if you smarter want, than an eight-year-old who would read this. Because I'm not a moron. <laughs> if you want to get good at shadowing, you got to get good at foreshadowing. You can shadow all night long. Page th- uh, 634. Uh, also, the 630 floor, mine's just an observation of how much I enjoyed the uh, Flitwick 
I don't have the authority to yeah. fix it. It was just, yeah. it's fun. It's, I like it's, that. It's fun where the, where the teacher's like, as soon as I have an opportunity yeah. to do this with impunity, I'm not trying to turn this into a Gilbert and Sullivan song, <laughs> but it's a clear-cut opportunity <laughs> to be sassy with impunity. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, my... 634 was that I, I I laughed aloud when Harry said that he saw one of the final fireworks flittering off and writing the word <laughs> writing the word poo, poo in the, in the sky and I was just like huh. it made me it made me audibly laugh <laughs> nice I think it was partially because of the way it's actually uh, positioned in the book mm -hmm. the the way it's uh, lettered 634 yeah is that it just it poo is the very last word on the page and it's on its own line. <laughs> yep. And I just something about the absurdity of that, just like <laughs> if you blanked out the whole rest of the page <laughs> and just like covered it with a box and filled it in with the the color of the paper. Sure. The, it would just say poo <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> very bottom of the page. I love that. That just made me laugh. I was like, that in itself is like a work of art. You wrote this whole book, you wrote six hundred and thirty four pages to get to a point where you could have poo. Be in all caps on its own line. It feels like being rickrolled. <laughs> like, like you get to this point and you're and you're just like, what the hell is that? I loved it. Good, right. good job. Yeah. Comedy um, is a subversion of expectation. <laughs> yeah. This whole book was building up to poo. Just that one poo in all caps on its own line, and the last line of the page, just perfectly placed. I loved it. Uh, Six thirty-seven. Also 637, what's yours? Uh, I love the way she wrote this moment with Cho. Yeah, that was that was yeah. mine. The, I, I just wrote that this this is exactly how high school romances should end. Yes. With fighting about shit that is unimportant <laughs> and neither of you really care about, but you were fucking, in, you were <laughs> incensed about. And I, I thought... Uh, this is not was, how marriage arguments should go? Listen, I'm not married. No, yeah. Right, so you, yeah, you don't have. You I would have, have no, no idea, no context, no context for right. how a marriage argument should right. go. <sighs> I, I just wrote that I enjoyed how they both defended their friends. Yeah, uh, regardless nice. of, uh, it was obvious that both friends were out of line, but they were both like, "No, my friend was the good one." Yeah, your friend's a psycho. Yeah, like how you defend friends when you're arguing in your marriage. Doug, my six fifty. Um, is that still in this chapter? Yeah. Oh, I think, six, it's, like the, I think it's the last page. Six forty. <laughs> I have a little paragraph here. <laughs> it starts out. <laughs> Look, I'm not a great person. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Good. This is great. I'd straight up peep into a pensive if someone okay. left it out. Okay. I, I would. I just. I, I know this about me. But this feels totally different than the movie where it's a blowback from the Ackleman's or whatever it is, and he sees a snatch. He Harry walks over and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking," uh. and even that seemed shady to me. Who would you know? Like, oh, shit, I'm gonna get a secret. Just thoughts on that? Thoughts on whether or not you're a good person? <laughs> no. <laughs> on on Harry being a dick. Do you think Harry might not be the best person? Uh, this is the least of the worst examples of, of Harry being a bad person. Um, really? Because, you know, the thing about the Pensieve, as it's written, is at least it seems like it's a, kind of like a siren call. Okay, that's true, because it's glittery and beckoning. and it, it seems like you don't really have, once you lock eyes with it, you don't really have control. You like you just Yeah, that's how it kind of seems like. It kind of seems like he just even gets, like, he, it seems like Harry loses 
his sense of distance when he's with the uh, pensive. Like he gets close to it, and then suddenly he's in it. Like it's like it can be as far away as you and I are, and then without the character even realizing it, he's in the dream or in the memory. That's and, some impressive frog DNA. No, I think even writing wise, it's there. It's like there's no. She doesn't say like it's like. He felt cold, cool, and then he felt like his feet weren't on the ground anymore. It's like it's like very. It happens very quickly hmm. when he's like. I mean, I like it. I like I like the description. I just feel like your description would have fit in the book better than J.K. Rowling. Oh, thank you. You should have written these books. Oh, I know. Um, Doug for book president. Yeah, oh. Doug is our king. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing, but that song's coming back in a big oh, way. Great. Yeah. Um, the uh, so yeah, I don't I don't think Harry's that bad for doing that. I think that he I, I it's unfortunate that he saw that memory because it it's also unfortunate. It seems like you can't really pull yourself out of a pensive. Like well, we've never seen it happen. He's never had the where he goes in and he's just kind of like he. That's another thing. He knows last time, I would have at some point between last year and now gone. How would I have gotten out of there if Dumbledore Dumbledore took us out? How did because because his memory would have been stuck in there forever. That's interesting, and Harry just jumps right in. Again, like you're saying, time's going to go differently. You're going to be lost in the fascination of the snapshot of your parents as children. You're going to be like, no one ever gets to see that. Even if you watch a home movie, it's not the same. Oh, I as, never want to see that. But the fascination of seeing someone you know younger is, is wouldn't even be the same as watching a home video right. as watching this actually play actually out. Happen, like, be, like, like, wow, yeah. and little things and nuances and holy crap. And the, But the one thing about the Pensieve that is... Uh, challenging is that it is subject to someone's memory the person who put it in there's memory which and, we've talked about before yeah memories aren't are not infallible but are magic memories i don't think i don't know i don't know i think they're can still, they be made objective via the pensive like no the, can the because can it's still because they're all still from the perspective of the person's like true. memory what they remember having happened so you can remember like in theory, Snape could remember James being much worse than he was. He could remember him saying things that he didn't say, but kind of feel like what Snape heard. Sure, I feel like that should be addressed if that's at all implied, and I don't think it is. Oh, it probably isn't, but like I think that's just because I think, I think I'm a be moron. A fascinating, and and I want these things, and the author sitting there going, "Stop being a moron! Do you you don't need do these." Do things. you explain the moron thing? No, I okay. don't. Okay. If you want to know why I'm so incensed, look up. Alfred Hitchcock calls Doug a moron. <laughs> um, <laughs> do I even throw them a trufon bone? I'm just, I'm just going to... I don't want to throw them a trombone, no. A trufon bone. A trufon bone. Um, go look up Alfred Hitchcock. American moron. <laughs> no, fuck it, no. Hitchcock moron, we're not going to explain it. Fine, if you haven't yeah. figured it out by now. If you haven't looked it up and you care enough... Fuck it. I don't care either. I'm too I'm too much of a moron to care and explain it. Um, Do you have anything else to say about this memory, or is your because I don't know if if your page number is in the memory or not. No, mine's not in the memory. Do you have anything else to? My say My only note about was this? that I actually enjoyed this chapter and I'm enjoying this book. And just like it was one of those things where after reading the chapter, I was just like, damn, that was fun. Like I liked Harry go going through the experience of watching his dad not be growing. what he thought. Yeah, yes. growing. It was a huge moment where again I was like, finally <laughs> this character gets a little bit of like depth. Holy shit, did this take forever. And uh, and Snape gets a little bit of depth. Yeah. And like you like, I loved it. It was great. It was fun. It was just like 
And <laughs> knowing what you know from the movies, this chapter is made a little richer from other things that right. when you were reading it the first time, you might have just glossed over. Right. But the the thing that really pisses me off is that these are these are fun, but like you, I, I feel like it's worth noting for the for the invisible people who are going to be mad at me for for not liking these books up to this point. Um, it's worth noting that there are books that are much shorter and much better. And I think we're in a we're in a world where like brevity is good and this is coming from someone who works on a podcast that regularly is an hour long and <laughs> At is least. full of dog shit commentary. <laughs> uh, but but it just occurs to me that I look at how thick this 800 page book is or sure. whatever. And I look at all of them and how there's no Potter book. Is there a Potter book that's under 200? Is the first one oh, under no. 200? Yeah. So I'm not even sure the play is under 200. So there's 200, minimum 200 pages in these in this series per book. Right. There's seven volumes. And it just, it just strikes me like this is a slog. And, and there are so many things that are better written and deserve better, like, fandom that this gets it. And I just, it, it, it irks me. It just irks me in that way of thinking, like, there are probably more efficient stories you could read for and be and be moved by in, in a similar way. Even. Mm -hmm. And I would I argue know. there are entire series that are shorter and have that more profound. Okay, that's not necessarily cachet. what you want to, who gives a shit if that's what you want out of the books. I mean, if you don't want it, that's great. That's That's your thing. That's, but I'm looking at it like taking forever to read these things and it is just... Like when you get when you go through, what are we on five book? This book five still right? Book five. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you go through four and three quarters of of this book series, and you st and around that mark, you start to feel like it's developing in a fun way that you actually kind of enjoy go going through. Mm -hmm. It really makes the first half of the series seem like a waste of time. It seems like the Cimmerillion, mm -hmm. like you said. It's like an unnecessary, convoluted, and dense, boring backstory that finally got to me, me to a place where I could feel like, oh, the scene where Harry sees Snape's darkest memory or worst memory is actually really touching and intense. Yeah. Fuck that kind of book. Fuck that kind of series. That is a waste of goddamn time. Anyway, as an adult, if you're a kid and you have nothing to do because you live in a utopian time-waste vortex... Go for it. <laughs> Read the fucking books eight times. Role play your favorite Potter character. Pick which house you live in. Find out what your Patronus is. Fantasize about what kind of wand you'd have. Or, and, and, and assure yourself in no way because of your own special uniqueness that you would ever be a squib. Because that just couldn't happen to someone as perfectly unique and special as you. Do, do you know what my wand is? What, what is your wand? I don't know off the top of my head. Sure you don't. I don't off the top of my head, no. Oh, no. No, of course. I think not. it's 12 and three quarters. That's a long wand. <laughs> well, let me... Size in there. Mine has a dragon heart string. All right, fine. I'm going to look at my fucking wand. <laughs> <laughs> because um, you have the option to pick your wand components in the Wizarding uh, Wizards Unite app. Oh, well, that's not the same thing. I'm not done. I'm not done, okay? And we'll get to it. The things I picked were directly from the uh, what I what, oh, okay. what I was assigned from. Okay. What was once Pottermore. 
Well, was that not that it was called anymore? No, it's the. It's, I think it's Wizarding World now. Okay. I gotta open a gift for my wife. Sorry. Five hundred uh, XP, and three spell energy. I gotta go here to look at me. It's loading. Uh twelve and one quarter. Sorry. A little cocky. Yeah, a little brag like it was a little bit bigger than it was. Uh Hawthorne wand with a unicorn hair. Oh nice. And the uh, flexibility rigid. Slightly springy. Cause uh I can go both directions. Uh that's my notes for the chapter. That's my notes for the chapter. Then my I think that brings us to chapter twenty nine. Career advice. My first page note is 651. 652 for real this time. I don't have anything before that. Okay. Two things. Wait, I'm kidding. One, Easter is a holiday the satanic witches and wizards observe and celebrate to some degree. Yeah. Jesus is a wizard. Jesus has to be a wizard. Gotta be a wizard. Why would they do that? Why would they observe these holidays unless it was part of their culture? Two... Rob, what? Do you see here how Harry and Ron allow Hermione to make the study plans because that was easier than arguing with her? No. Is that in this book? Glazed right over it if it was. Didn't see it at all. I don't think it exists. Okay, here we go. It was the first day of the Easter holiday in Hermione as was her custom, had spent a large part of the day drawing up study schedules for the three of them. Harry and Ron had let her do it. It was easier than arguing with her, and, in any case, they might come in useful. Okay, what's your point? Sometimes you can win by not fighting. Is it really winning, though? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> is it really a victory? Yes, because that you the, can be proud of. The worst thing you can lose is your time, and sometimes you can fight over. A, what do you mean? The worst thing you can lose is your time. Is what you're doing right now. Right I'm, now. I'm trying to understand. Well, you could also just understand. Because I can't just understand. I can't will understanding into being. You need to explain yourself, and you need to do it now. I never explain myself. <laughs> See what you did there? You did the thing where I say that thing that I say. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you and I had a conversation recently about the idea that uh, sometimes you can get if you don't argue with someone yeah. you can get past the point of arguing with them and you actually save time and energy and you just and do the thing you want to anyway you, or, or you, you do the thing you lie asking. to the person you tell them no. yes I'm going to do it your way and then you just fucking throw that shit in the bin no, yes no I remember no, that conversation no you, you do the thing they're asking you to do no because no no you say yeah I got it I'm going to do it your that way I won't do it anymore <laughs> that I promise I won't do this thing you turn around you do it and then when they come and ask that you about wasn't it the conversation <laughs> you say at all oh I forgot I'm still no, learning no that wasn't it <laughs> I remember, I remember this. No, yes. you don't. This is that uh, that's clearly what you took away from it. But uh, no, the conversation was about someone asking you to do something you think is dumb or whatever. And, reali- and, and, and at the moment, the first thing you should do instead of fighting. Loudly proclaim their stupidity. Instead of doing that, you think, how much time would it take me to do the thing they're asking me to do? Which will get them to stop bothering me and it'll be over. No. And then, or versus... 
how much time would an effort would it take to make the argument and have the interaction with them that leads to either me doing it or them being upset with me for not doing it? No, no. Because if you do it their way, then they know that they can come to you and just walk all over you and get you to do it their way from then on. Everything they want, every stupid thing that makes no sense, you got to fucking do it because you're a kowtow. You, you bow before them. You, you, you willfully subject yourself to their capricious whims. See, I would and rather... Hold on. Okay. Oh, no. Now I'm going to hold you on, sir. No. No, now it is my turn to speak. Do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> and and if you take that little moment of time, you say, uh-uh, not today. I'm not doing it your way. I'm doing it the smart way. You can take your dumbness and take it the dumb out of here. Then they know, hey. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> What I'm saying is that it's a difference in priorities. I can't say that you're wrong because your priorities is proving that you're right. (laughs) My priority here... I feel like that whole sentence is structured to make me look bad. I can't say you're wrong because your priority is proving that you're right. It feels like a meta-contextual sort of observation that I'm wrong. I don't like your shrug face either. Maybe maybe your impression that you're wrong is right. The, oh my god. The other <laughs> Continue. My priority in for these situations is to spend as little time as possible dealing with people that irritate me. So if if by if I can minimize the amount of time spent with these irritating people yeah. by doing what they're asking me to do, then I win by minimizing the time spent with them. Okay. You don't... Irritating person comes in. They're irritating all over you. Oh, yeah. You are covered in irritation. Oh, yeah. They're like a big, hot wool sweater. Yes. And I don't have anything on underneath. No. No, you're naked. You're slick with lanolin. If you out-irritate them, you force them to experience what you're feeling, and then they know what it's like. Sure. That's not And then they go the away irritated, idea. and they don't come back. That's and not, you've yeah. won. You've driven them away. You've driven away humanity. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you exist in a void free from people. Um, sure. I mean... Maybe you have the wrong end of the Just stick. judging judging from the fact that you have a podcast and a <laughs> wife that say, hey, you're doing this wrong if that's your goal. <laughs> if your goal is to be a... Even your mental picture of your goal is to be the one true man who is an island unto himself, uh, then you're failing at that. Yeah, no, I am. Um, you're more of an, you know, you're an island chain. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an archipelago. Yeah. The, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think that there's different times when that can be an, appro- be an appropriate angle, but her... Harry and Ron, yeah. in, beautifully in this moment, exemplify the angle I'm taking where they say, you know what? It's sometimes better just to let that person, just to do, let that person either do the thing they want to do or do that thing they're asking you but to do. But what if they think of you as a doormat from there on afterwards? Well, I mean... You're saying situations are dynamic and people are dynamic and should that be the case, you could prove the next time that you're not? Or if that's, if they're, if they're actually doing that to you and it's not just you overcompensating for the possibility that they could be doing it. Those are also different situations. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, if that's the case. Yeah, because I don't think... Yeah, you need to finish that. If that's the case. 
Uh, well, then you can behave differently. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't. I don't think that the. I don't think that's what that's happening here with Hermione. No, <laughs> I don't no, think Hermione is no. being is thinking she's has Harry and Ron under her thumb because of this. Right. Um, I think she's got other tactics and reasons. Um, as we discussed last episode, the idea that Hermione, at uh, with a little bit of careful planning and manipulation, can essentially get Harry tortured and be happy about it, and make and make him feel good about it. <laughs> like she she's manipulative enough to get him to willfully t- get tortured or willingly get tortured. See, this is your in. That, 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 that story right there is will will have me reconsidering. Read the prince. <laughs> I'm getting to it. Read the prince. You, <laughs> you will, you will have your life changed. With, with. Oh my God! This old man from forever ago knew things. He's, he, he's my defense for the dark arts teacher. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it, it was it was just a, it felt like a really good moment. First page, just to take out of this chapter. Order of the Phoenix brought to you by Nico Machiavelli. <laughs> My next page note is 653. 652. Okay. It starts with Ron. I don't even know if I want to read this now. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> you have to read it now. I don't even know if it's applicable. Okay. What I'm thinking it is, but I wrote Ron went on a rant, which Harry found helpful. So sometimes rants are a good thing, and sometimes runs are a good thing. <laughs> wow! I find it magical that it happened after a rant. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, most of my communication happens through the rant. <laughs> what was Ron's rant? Um, Harry brought up something, or he was ranting against somebody, and Harry was like, "Oh, that's a distraction. Let's look it up." <laughs> Oh, because they don't they don't show the rant. They just talk about it. Oh, you know, like Harry like tunes it out? Yeah, it, he's, it's a pleasurable distraction kind of thing. Right. This is about Slytherins or Quidditch. Um, rant, Ron went into a rant about Marietta Edgecombe. Oh, okay. Which Harry found helpful. All I had to do was look angry, nod, and say, yeah. And that's right, whenever Ron drew a breath. Because he was thinking of something else. Right. Cool. <sighs> that was funny. Okay. 662 is my next note, so... Uh, mine's 653. Yeah. What exactly does Harry imagine, quote, James had forced her into it, end quote, oh, means? Okay. It, if it's not just context clues, and I'm actually frog DNAing, I, I feel like he's maybe... Um, so I'm going to go back a little bit. Imperioed or okay. love potioned her. Oof. Yeah, what what's, what this is in context about is the in the in the dream, Harry... Is reflecting the on the memory. In the yep. memory, Harry's reflecting on his dad's relationship with uh, his mom and how she seemed to hate him. And then he, Harry, wonders if maybe the reason they got married and had a kid was because maybe his dad did something to his mom right. and, and forced her into love or into a relationship. Yeah, uh, and that he doesn't explain what what forced means or what it is. And that seemed very, like, an odd choice of words for not exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. It must mean some sort of a period or, you know. Like, or that James was her landlord and she couldn't pay the rent and he had handlebar mustache and said, you must pay the rent or marry me or I'll tell you to train tracks. Oh. I mean, those are, like, the only 
clear option, alternatives. What if hmm. Voldemort what? was like Rumpelstiltskin and was like, I'll let you marry Lily if I can have your firstborn. And then, then they had Harry and Lily was like, no. <laughs> and James was like, oh, I guess I, he like turns the door and goes, I guess no. And then before he can say no, he gets Avada Kedavra to death. Mm -hmm. And then so up the, the rest of the books proceed. Yep. yep. As we've read them. Yep. That's why you can't say his name. Right. Yeah, exactly. You can't say his name because if you say his name, you break the spell. Yep. Harry breaks the spell all the time. Yep. You're welcome, JK. We just did it for you. <laughs> now we know where you steal from. It's pretty grim. The Dutch. <laughs> Is Robinson's getting a Dutch story? I don't even no, know. No, but that, what's that? What's, there's a movie where it's like, there's only two things I hate. That's Austin Powers. Right. Okay. There's the, the second one. It was the Spy Who Shagged Me, I think. Or something it, in the, the third Dutch. One. It's the third one, because it's the one with Michael Caine, who plays his dad. Right. And they go, is it the third one? Yeah, the second one's with Heather Graham. Yeah. The first one's with, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Hurley. Mm -hmm. Then the third one's with Beyonce. Right. And Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Um, There's two things I hate. It's... Uh, people who can't tolerate the uh, <laughs> other people of other, from other cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> Anyway, so you think it was it was a little maybe a little more innocent than something nefarious? Yeah, I think it's nefarious? people change, and yeah. she was secretly attracted to him, but couldn't. But why did Harry think his... it could be a force thing? Like that's the part because that, like... he's not yet sophisticated. Okay, he was at their age where she was hating him, and right. everything is he, the emotion on the outside. And when he gets older, he'll be like, "Oh, people are complex and can change and see people in different lights." Uh, my next note is six seventy five. Uh, six sixty two. Oh, the McGonagall, Umbridge, career advice yeah, scene is always tense. super, super enjoyable, too, to, to, mm -hmm. to just to see. Um, is that 675? Mm -hmm. that, mine is also that. I was just, uh, again, enjoyed Peeve's salute. Oh, yeah. I uh, I wrote that I think that this is where the series should have ended. In Toto. In Toto. Toto in Toto, just drop, drop it here if you're listening. Don't listen any further. If you've not read these books, no, stop. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Stop we're, listening. We're going to continue We've because it's not going to get better than this. Hundreds of pages left. Maybe even thousands. It, there could be two thousand plus pages between the rest of this and seven and eight, six. Right, and it's unnecessary to read it. <laughs> this is it. You get to see the Weasley twins triumphantly fly off into the sunset. Yeah, like the we heroes of Western films that they are. Then they, they get that moment. So fuck the rest of it. Just stop reading. Rip the rest of the. How many pages no, are left? Don't put the book down. Take your book. No. Take your. If you're listening, take your book. Start from page six seventy seven because you want to save the backside of six seventy six, which is six seventy five, which is the last page you need, and just rip the rest of the pages out from your spine and put them in the garbage or a bonfire. No, we don't burn. We don't burn books. We're not burning books. We're burning the shit crap pages at the end of the book. Uh, uh, the rest of the book is solid. paper mache. Yeah, paper mache it into a bonfire if you like. <laughs> what, what? Uh, and then light it ablaze. No. Um, just take take from 677 all the way to... You could say the about the author page, but I'll say to 870. Yeah, so almost 200 extra pages that are left in this delight. And you can... <laughs> Uh, just burn them. Just burn them. I say burn them. I say don't burn books ever. 
I'm not saying the whole book isn't being burned. Just the garbage parts. Wow. Just the crap. The chaff. I I won't say chaff because at least you can make ethanol out of chaff. (laughs) I'm saying this is total. You know, you can make out of this. Okay, maybe we don't burn it. Okay. Mix it into your manure. Sure. And then that'll help the nitrates. Exfoliate. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to exfoliate your roots. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> These roots are so rough. Yeah. And uh, you get a real nice, like, mixture going there. It'll be real nice to, to put in your yard and grow some, <laughs> you know, plants out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't read the next two books. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just stop here. Because... Let me tell you, if you haven't read, if you have not read these books, and this is your first time reading through them, like it was mine, uh, and you don't know as much as I know about the coming books, you just stop. Just don't read anymore. It's good here. It's fine. It's fine. Because you you still have two Weasleys. (laughs) Oh, no. At this point, you still have two. And if you don't read any further... It'll stay that way. So you know what? Just why set yourself up for that? So did you did you did you like the scene? Yeah, yeah. I did. I just said everything. I said you don't need to. I went through this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I like these chapters. They were fun. I don't see a reason to continue. (laughs) (laughs) For someone else, I don't see a reason for someone else to continue. We're obligated. Yeah, we're obligated. Oh god, damn it. Um. Especially knowing what the next chapter is, it just—I I am not going to enjoy the next chapter. I know it. I know by the title and the subject matter that this is going to feel wanna, tacked on. Drop a little hint of what it's called. Little, yeah, little... it's called grap. <laughs> it's it's grop. Grop, except it's spelled grap, <laughs> like like crap. Like crap. <laughs> um, I I know the scene's painful in the film. It is. Uh. I feel like it might not be that much better in the book. Feels everything Hagrid related feels tacked on in this book. It does. It does. He's he's an afterthought. Totally. <sighs> yeah. Snape too though. Really barely there. But even the worst memory we got that. Yeah, we got that, but we, his occulency is mostly just like <laughs> it's just him like being like, oh, I'm hurting you. And then and Harry's upset and we see Harry's memories. But we really get very little of, we get a lot of umbrage, right. which is fine because she's so powerful and, as a character. And so she needs to, she controls this whole book. But the rest is like, oh yeah, this guy too. Right, Remember him? right, right. Keep remembering him because he'll be, he'll be important in a book and a half. Yeah. And then, didn't you love him in the books before this one? I mean, you got you like seeing him, don't you? Well, I feel that if this gives you any hope, book six is smaller and about as entertaining. That's good. I mean, the good things, yeah. as far as I can remember. I have a feeling I'll enjoy book six. Yeah. Seven's where she's like, yeah, we're entertaining, but we just haven't been tedious for a while. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you have any other notes? No, no other notes. Other. Uh, I remember really loving this chapter the first time I read it. I think I having an experience similar to you, mm-hmm. and just being just telling everybody, "Oh, wait till you get to chapter twenty nine. Yeah. Oh, it is the shit. Oh, right. some shit goes down. Oh, so good. And rereading it, uh, it's kind of like, huh? Yeah. 
Okay. And, and not just this time, like when I read it with my kid too. I was, right. I was like, oh, 29 is going to be awesome. We got there. Right. Huh. That's good. But it didn't fill me with that same thrill, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. for me at least, that brings us to our new word alert. Uh, do you have any new words? I do. I have a couple new words. Go for it. Uh, reading Weird Sisters by Terry Pratchett with my kid, uh, I discovered the word bijou. Oh, yes. And what does that word mean? Um, kind of like describing a gem, small but pretty, small but valuable. So, yeah, it was a word cool. I'd, I'd never uh, heard before. And then they're from this book, page 670, Burks. Burke, a Burke. A Burke, a which Burke. I knew kind of, but I wanted to like double check. That's uh, an insult. It is an insult. Uh, it basically means like, a. does it mean like a testicle wag? No. <laughs> okay, I always, I always get it. It's a rhyming it. slang. Oh. Insult, so it's a bit longer. Uh, Burke arrest. Nope. Uh, nope. Now, I'm not sure if it's related to, I, I thought it was. Uh, Burka? I don't know where, where, you know what, let me just look it up. Okay. Every time I, I, I watched, uh, I really like the Mighty Boosh, and so they, they call, uh, they call people, they call each other Burks in that, in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but they also call each other ball bags, which is definitely testicles or scrotum. Uh, so I would always just basically assume that every, every insult I didn't understand meant, meant scrotum. Okay, I got it. Okay. This is why it's always surprising me to see this in a kid's book. Hmm. Usage dates from the 1930s, where there was a castle in Gloucestershire uh, called Berkeley Castle. And at Berkeley Castle, they would have a hunt. Like probably a fox hunt, I'm guessing. So it's short for Berkeley Hunt. Ew. 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 So anytime you call somebody a Burke, you're rhyming with hunt. Okay. I think that's all that needs to be said about that. But it, I've, I've seen another kid. Is that really English, what it is? Really what oh, it is. Oh, wow. When you're calling, so I know, again, the connotation is different, but. So it's like a kid's version of that other word. Yes. Which. That Burke. Is used a lot. A lot more. Sure. Um, any other words? Nope. That's it for me. All right. Ma, we're going to go over mine now. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready for it. Brilliantine. Brilliantine? Brilliantine. Brilliantine? Brilliantine. I feel like I've heard brilliantine, but Sh- I don't know that why. One? No, but I'm, I'm saying the robot's it is a, uh, It is a noun. Okay. That means a light, lustrous fabric that is similar to alpaca and is woven usually with a cotton wrap and mohair or worsted filling. That's an amazing description. I love the, I, I love the textural picture that painted. I could feel it. It's not anything I'm familiar with. I don't it know what is so I'm thinking. It is also Uh-oh. a preparation for making hair glossy. Yes, it is. I, I knew it. I fucking knew it. What did I know that from? It's a musical. It okay. might be Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. Someone refers to Brilliantine for their hair. Like Audrey too. It's something like that. Or maybe it's in the uh, beauty school dropout song from Greece. Or something maybe, like that. Yeah, that would work. Something like that. It's uh, it's from the mo- a movie I watched this week called, I think this was The Man Who Knew Too Much. It was one of the bad guys they recognized from his uh, 
brilliantine hair. I actually think it's guys and dolls now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still. I've always wondered because they talk about the smell of brilliantine. But because they have that, yeah, that really comical Harley Quinn accent. Oh, okay. You know? So it's yeah. things like brilliantine. Yeah. So that's why I know it's mispronounced. Right. Okay, cool. Cool, right. cool, cool, cool. Ready for another one? I am. I'm really excited about that one. Chiaroscuro. Uh, is that like a black and white picture? Play. Yes. <laughs> play it again. Okay. Chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. Yeah, a pictorial representation in terms of light and shade without regard to color. Yeah, okay, cool. Look at you. <laughs> I almost said, it's like a picture on tin, right? But that's a derogotype. I think, derogotype? I'm saying it wrong. Oh, okay. I'm a jerk. You ready for another one? Yep. Mordant. Mordant. Deathlike? No. Oh, okay. Uh, it, ironically, the second definition, uh, can't, does, does deal with dying, mm -hmm. but in terms of like making something a different color. <laughs> hmm. Um. Like how a, a, a plant will gray as it dies, loses. Uh, no, I think it, it's a, in this sense, it's a, uh. Like how vision went black and white at the end of Avengers? No, I think this is like a, it's more like an adjective. Like, I don't know. Um, the first definition is biting in and caustic in thought, manner, or style. Oh. Okay. Or a chemical that fixes a dye in or on a substance by combining with the dye to form an you... insoluble compound. Dying. That's Not... what I said. I, I said you dying. dying. I said ironically it has to do with dying. Yeah, but is... you didn't pronounce the Y. Of course I wouldn't. It's silent. But deadly. Oh, Maybe. wait, 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 wait. Silent, but mordant. No, because it doesn't mean deadly. It... No, but it means biting and caustic. But it doesn't mean Zing. deadly. Zing! No. Zing! <laughs> Verisimilar. Verisimilar? Mm-hmm. Is that similar to verimicillar? Verim... Veris... Fem... To that other word I can't verisimilar. say? Verisimilar. What is verisimilar? Having the appearance of truth. Oh. Like Veritaserum. Very similar. Very similar? Like very similar. Yeah. I like that word. Me too. That's a good word. Yeah, never heard it. Me neither. Till I did. <laughs> or read it. Right. Last one. Okay. Dialectic. You didn't open a can of worms, son. Oh, I did? Well, only in that I know that Socrates had dialectics right and hold on and they were often talked about in philosophy 101 mm -hmm. which i usually doodled through <laughs> <laughs> and i remember long after dropping out using that word in a sentence and having uh Someone yell at me, that's not what that means. And they tried to explain to me what it means. And I'm just like, I don't get it. So what is, tell me, tell me of dialect. The definition in, in the dictionary I use basically just said it means a philosophy. Just a philosophy? That, it just means kind of like the concept of philosophy. So not like you're, you're going to sit down and have a dialectic? No. You're not going to go to the salon and get a dialectic? It, no, it means like, it's like logic. It's like, it's like, it's like a synonym, synonym for logic. However, okay. the second definition yeah. says philosophy, hmm. discussion and reasoning by dialogue as a method of intellectual investigation. Fuck yeah, I told you, Mar Matt, Mark, Matt, Matt, Mark. 
I fucking told you it was like a dialogue. <laughs> Fuck you. I fucking knew it. I did use it rightly. Uh, the Socratic technique of exposing false beliefs and eliciting truth. Mm-hmm. I believe it's also a form of like, uh, 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 you can have a dialectic uh, classes. Yeah. The idea is that you can, you can there's type of uh, educational theories where the idea is that one of the best ways to get students to engage with the l- concepts that they're exp- being exposed to for the first time is to get them to converse with each other. Yeah. It's not just to sit down and rotely write down something someone's preaching at them, but instead yeah. present a subject, get them to engage with the subject, then force them to engage with each other about the subject. And the idea, again, the idea is, I think, I think if I'm not an educator, but I think the idea is once you start doing that process, it just sort of gets ingrained into... They, they start to own it, you know, mm-hmm. and then they start to become because you're retraining their brains, person. right? And then, and right. then that's like a the good kind of slippery slope. Yeah, it's like washing their brains away from the garbage that other people have taught them. And, and what you want is you want to get them to learn what you think is right, so you tell them what you think is no, right. I don't until they can repeat a, what you we, think we, is we right. Had a weird pivot here. No, you said it. You said you want to you want to wash their dirty brains <laughs> away from any other thoughts that, that anyone else no, might have poisoned I, them I, with. I, I think that's until definitely we wanted them thinking for themselves. Yeah, for us. No, that's I'm not sure how this happens. That's that's what you said. Why am I the good guy all of a sudden? I don't know if you are. You're the one talking about brainwashing children. What? No, you just said. I did not. You said you want to wash their brains with the good back. I did not say that. You'll play it back and you'll hear yourself say all that. Play it back right now. And I want to wash their brains, Doug. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> I'm a monster. See, the thing that bothers me about this word is it sounds it, it sounds a lot like dialect, like a, a regional voice pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you think of spoken languages or doing right. things through speech. Right. Right. Um, Which is kind of pertinent to that second definition. It is, but it's it's not so much about uh, like uh, a regional thing. It's not so much oh, like, no, you know, no. like the... And it's not even as much about communicating as it is discovering together as a group. Specifically, the reason that bothers me so much is because I read that word in the booklet for the Silence of the Lambs Blu-ray mm-hmm. um, where Jonathan... Uh, the Dem- Criterion release. Yes, the Criterion is where Jonathan Dem was talking about his... Demi. Demi. Where Jonathan Demi was talking about his... Uh, a philosophy having to do with some part of the characters or, or something. And that's interesting because he, I was also watching some of the special features on the Blu-ray and he mentioned how important the dialect for Clary Starling is in the, in the film and how working with Jodie Foster to like briefly, very like, easily getting her to open up a little bit more and delve in, dive rather into that uh, accent mm-hmm. uh, to really bring it out in the right. in the performance and, and as a part of the character. Um, so he used both of those words that are very close to each other. And I'm just like, how can you be smart enough to know the difference between two words? He used the word dialectic to describe her accent? No. Okay. He used it, he used, no, he, he used dialect correctly. He used both words correctly. Oh, dialectic was also used. Yes. Oh, okay. My mistake, my mistake. He used both words correctly sure, sure, sure. and that's what bothers me. Gotcha. <laughs> Is that they're so close in... in and uh, he had the brain big enough to use them both correctly. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be taken down. He's dead. So. As far as I know, I'm saying this right now, he's not going to make another movie. As God is your witness. As God is my witness, as any God is my witness... Jonathan Demi will not make another movie. Really, uh, that joke is in very good taste. And I think you should be proud. 
especially considering he's one of the architects around which one of your most quoted films what? <laughs> was built. I, okay. Uh, well, taking yeah, down this uh, other path, uh, and I'm uh, like, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. But I don't understand. Is this some sort of reverse psychology? I don't... I just think, you know, it's interesting that you, you know, would say that as as any god is your witness, he'll make no film, you know, yeah. making light of the fact that he's dead. Um, about like, a guy... Why, why shouldn't I make fun, light of, of death? Not of death, but of his well, death specifically. Well, his death happens to be the death I'm making light of right now, but it's representative. It's indicative of all, of death. all death. Maybe, but it, that was spit in the face of death. That didn't come through. What came through is that you were picking on a dead man. You can't pick on a dead man. They're beyond. You can't. Do they're falling apart. You can pick any part you want. Now who's making light of death? Not of one specific death. You're See, making the, fun of picking him no, apart. You just said you want to rifle through his corpse. I, You're disgusting. <laughs> Well, that was Death Readers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. One of my favorite terms for a thing that infections do <laughs> is a thing where they uh, they uh, it's called bearding oh this doesn't sound good yeah and I, I think it has to do when like the like if you have like a fungal infection or like a some sort of like something awful it, it like grows it blooms out of you essentially I think this is the right I'm, oh. I'm sorry anyone who knows more about medicine than I do I'm sorry to everyone else for just <laughs> listening to this it's called bearding I'm going to look it up. Oh, no, I don't. I'm going to look it up. Don't, really don't do it. Because I'm going to want to see whatever you find, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> you would think that these two divergent points of view could not exist in the same brain at the same time, but they can. They do all the time. And I don't want to fight myself. I thought that's what it was called. Um, oh, hey. Whew. Narrowly avoided that disaster. Or what, three seconds of the podcast? Oh, I must be thinking of something else. Oh, okay. Well, all of that can be at the end of the thing. <laughs> it's probably going to be there anyway. Uh...